You're listening to iWolves, Season 7, Episode 2, Pandemic Puppies. Now here are your hosts, Dr. Ian Dunbar, Kelly Dunbar, and Jamie Dunbar. Hi everybody, welcome to another iWolves. What are we talking about today? Hmm, Kelly? <laughs> today, I think we should talk about what's been going on for the past year, which is the pandemic and the rise of the pandemic puppy and what we've done with puppies um, in the past year and what we're gonna be doing with them as we hopefully emerge from the pandemic in the next year, hopefully. Yeah, um, so right, we've, we've started offering online classes, serious live online classes. And um, I think early on, we did a couple of uh, webinars where Ian talked about some, some ways to keep the training going and keep the socialization going. Uh, given the constraints of social distancing and quarantining and social isolation. Do you want to share some of those thoughts, Dad? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any constraints on puppy training. If anything, uh, it's even easier to train a puppy now because people are at home. And um, I've always said, you know, before you go and walk your dog or walk an untrained dog and make a total fool of yourself on the sidewalk and in one walk, unintentionally train your puppy to pull on leash and dash up to everyone he meets, you know, like make him into a social loon. Now you can concentrate on first teaching your dog to walk on leash indoors and then walk on leash in your yard. So I don't think there are really any constraints on training. It's actually made it easier for people to You train mean training puppy. distinct from socialization? Because that hasn't been, oh, okay. Yeah, but the big thing is socialization. And it's not that socialization during a pandemic is impossible. I think it's that people haven't really opened up their minds to think of creative ways to do it. To me, it's, it's no different uh, in many ways than the way it was before when we had to consider the puppy's physical health, his immunity, before we could socialize him with people. And a lot of people just, you know, vets would say, don't socialize your puppy don't go to classes. Whereas why didn't they say, no, you don't have to take your dog out to socialize him. I mean, you could carry him and take him to Home Depot, but you bring the people to the house, you know? And we can do the same now that it's not just the puppy's immunization that is a concern, but people's immunization. And we actually can do it quite safely by bringing people to the house one at a time outside and now we practice on leash greetings so we have an outstretched arm that's three feet and a six foot leash we'd never go any closer than nine feet but we can practice you know someone coming in and we sit our puppy and then the person stays still so now we're going to practice with strangers that actually know what to do because it's a setup and then we tell the puppy say hello and our stranger calls the puppy come and sit and make sure it's sitting before they pet it. So we can teach the puppy that the default greeting is always sit, you know, rather than, I know Kelly feels very strongly about this, that where people go overboard on socialization without any control. So they produce these social loons where puppies run up, not just to any person they meet, but any dog they meet. And this, in some ways, is a great opportunity now for people to do it properly. They can do the training part I, 
home, but the socialization part, socialization part, we do one person at a time, and we can still do it quite safely. I think what's happened is, you know, with, with people having limited options and more, you know, to get out and, and maybe overdo it, um, but have also more time on their hands or more time at home with their puppies, is it's gotten the average puppy owner to slow down to a trainer's pace. Trainers like to do things in small increments and to take more time. Like you said, Ian, like, you know, you should, you should try to master walking with your puppy in your own environment before trying them in a new environment. You should get your sit down stand, not only in your kitchen, but in your backyard or on your front stoop or in your driveway. Um, you know, and you should absolutely get your puppies out to acclimate them to different environments. But a lot of people were, you know, could, were forcing their puppies to meet everybody and meet every dog and be out. And they were thinking of socialization as, as uh, primarily puppy play more than they were thinking. You know, I like to think of it as acclimation, acclimatization, acclimation, acclimatization. What is it? I think uh, to words. the world. Both words work. And um, acclimating them to the world at large to the point where it's no big deal. You know, if you hyper-socialize a dog, they're going to magnetize to all these different, you know, to dogs and people who give them googly eyes on the street. And if you don't socialize the dogs, they're going to be freaked out when people give them googly eyes on the street. But really, what we want is a puppy that walks through the world the same way we do, which is, you know, you, you don't startle at everything you see. You're not, you know, whipping your head around every time a car goes by or you hear a, a noise from a, you know, a horn or a siren or a a lawnmower, but you also, you know, you also don't go and attend to those things. You don't run up to the lawnmower, wow, look at that, or shake everyone's hand that you meet on the street and, you know, <laughs> give them a nugget. You just go through the world but neutrally. Trying to train like dogs to be life. like New Yorkers. You know, like just yeah. ignore, ignore everyone <laughs> until like you see someone you know, and then you say yeah. hi to them and everything else, just forget yeah. about it. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, yeah, exactly. If someone gives you, you know, this, uh, you know, a, a a friendly smile, you can maybe give a little wag or a smile back, and or if someone invites conversation, you you have the option to to meet and say hello politely with the polite greeting that you've been practicing, but then it shouldn't be a given that you're going to stop and meet and greet everybody, or that you need to attend to whether you enjoy it or are afraid of it, that you attend to every, you know, stim every stimulus in the environment, you know. So, I think the pandemic could have benefited some puppies if people did it right. And it really did help their actual day-to-day -day, um, basic um, kind of manners training because they were doing the stuff in the house without rushing to the outside, like, you know, as most, as we suggested, but now everyone was doing that. So I think the training in a lot of these puppies is better, although um, some of them might still be a little shell-shocked by the world unless people did take very proactive um, steps to to get their dogs out and acclimate them beyond their 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 inner circle. I think a lot of people became more hermity during this time, whether they were you know being extra cautious or depressed or busy at home with all this you know the kids home and working from home and uh, it was hard to get you know get out as much as uh, certainly it was harder to get out as much as as normal. But um, you know there were opportunities to do so and. Um, I think we'll see some trained dogs that are a little, little, um, maybe a little unsure in the world. So we'll, we'll probably be having to do some, some play some catch up with that. 
but I think the handling and the husbandry and the two toy training and all that is probably pretty solid on these dogs. Right, oh, we should talk about alone time during training too. That's the next right? one. That's the next one. Yeah. 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 I mean, I feel well, like no. Well, it's part of the pandemic, puppy. Isn't yeah, I think it? we were thinking for the next topic, we would talk about how to prepare for the post-pandemic. Oh, okay. Right now, which you know, there's definitely some overlap, but I think like for for today's topic, like you know, in a lot of ways, people have had more time at home with their dogs than probably ever before. And right, that's kind of the oh, yeah. the, the upside is like, you know, people are at home with their dogs, more time to train, more time to integrate training throughout the dog's day and stuff like that. Um, and that right, really is- More time to build relationship, which can, yeah. But yeah. Which can be good and bad. You know, Do you know, I-, I um... Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I just have a little statistic. I, I, I heard this week from a reliable source, um, I don't have the study myself, that 50% of American households got puppies during the pandemic, or dogs, got dogs. Oh. That's an enormous number. Yeah, that's true, we gotta look that out. Yeah, could 50%. that possibly be true? That's mind boggling. It feels like it. If you ask all the trainers that I know and all the puppy breeders that are out there, I, I, they are not surprised by that number because yeah, everyone would, I mean, everyone got a, a pandemic puppy. That would have to everyone include puppies you know, their home. and adopting dogs from shelters, right? Oh yeah, like, oh yeah. I mean, just uh, some a dog. dog to their household during the pandemic. Yeah, 50%. Wonder, we have to figure that out. People that adopted multiple dogs and returned those dogs, you know, like, does that count for three? Is that bringing <laughs> up the, the, the average? Yeah, it probably would, yeah. I, I think what I know, but yeah, that's a lot. The, the constraints on training that people talk about are largely because people's brains just froze and they didn't think of the advantages of what they can do now. And if we think about training and when do we want to train and what do we want to train a dog to do, my maxim is always home and family first. Why? Because your dog is at home for a good 95, 98% of the time. And so that's the bit I think a lot of people forgot. And the adolescent dogs I've seen now are just totally out of control because they, they somehow thought, oh, there's a pandemic, we can't train. So they didn't capitalize on the fact that, no, you really can work on your household manners now and that the dog is cool with family members um, and do all the preparation for when you want to walk your dog on the street. Now, even when we look at the socialization aspect of it, I say family first, classical conditioning to make sure your dog loves all family members. I mean, I'm seeing adolescents that are now going to the shelter because they don't like one of the children or don't like the husband. Yeah. So I think people just gave up and we could have done oodles of classical conditioning for the family. Then with who are the visitors? who obviously back then weren't coming into your house, but they could come to the street, where, as I said, they could meet at this nine foot distance. And now we're getting close to the point where, no, we are meeting in bubbles of you know, combining and we're meeting in bigger you know, bubbles. So we now could troubleshoot uh, street walking. So now the dog knows how to walk on a leash because we practice indoors and in our yard. So now it's greeting people so we could invite, say, half a dozen people around, have them space out, 
walk around the block, you know, clockwise and we go anti-clockwise, mm -hmm. well, you're going to meet six people who know what to do on every lap. And with the default setting, greeting, <laughs> you don't greet the person. You know, people were so hung up that they thought socialization is playing with other dogs. And then they think people socialization is, oh, the dogs are going to miss it. No, these dogs will bump start so quickly if they're cool about walking on a loose leash in the street, they sit, let most people walk by, but occasionally you say, say hello, the person calls in the puppy and pet within seconds, this puppy is all like a person. I love people, I love people, this is fantastic, you know? So I, I think a lot of people missed a great opportunity of being sequestered at home because they just thought socialization impossible. I mean, I think, it's, I think it's important though to remember that like there's a lot of different there's a lot of different households and there's a lot of people were affected by this pandemic in very different ways and yes maybe some people just froze i think a lot of people also you know their whole life melted down you know like their kids are home from school they're parenting their kids um you know, or you know they're like a, a parent or you know someone needs care like there's a lot of things that have been very hard and it's easy to imagine a lot of people having scenarios where they didn't have the time or energy to do the training that they knew that they should be doing, even if they were aware of what it should be. You know, so I feel like it's yeah, important maybe, yeah. To, 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 to definitely be approaching this with like a compassionate uh, mindset that's like, you know, it's. And, well, and that's people were that, freaked out and people are busy. Right. And, you know? and that said, a lot of people who maybe, you know, like had a lot of uh, stresses on their life, maybe getting a dog wasn't necessarily the, the best thing to do at the time, but it's also easy to understand how, you know, that made a lot of sense for a lot of people. You know, you're spending more time at home. Also, some people aren't families. You know, some people are living literally alone. You know, like there's some people who are just at home. They were, you know, socially isolated by themselves for several months. And, you know, I have, I have a friend who, right, she was living alone and got a dog largely just because she needed another life form in her living space yeah yeah to cuddle with and to touch and stuff um i was gonna say goldfish are pretty good <laughs> nice. no they're not very cuddly yeah, yeah. not cuddly but though. you know i i think people thought they would have more time than they did you know and it does sound like if the dog would be comforting a dog would be a fun project usually we're too busy we usually have sports we have activities my work schedule is too hard because I'm not home enough so I definitely see why people did it I just think it, it probably did end up being a little little more work and um for people than they than they might have imagined um one of the funny things is so you know I, I mean it, all these dogs and you know um I don't know if it's new dogs or existing dogs but one thing that has also increased is the uh, if you if you talk to you know private trainers professional trainers doing zoom sessions and such um is the number of aggression cases has gone up dramatically during the pandemic and um i think that for a lot of households that were suddenly they did have everybody at home or you were home with your, your, your dog they i think some of these dogs were like wow this is a lot to have everybody home all day and in my space and usually i get to chew my toy on the couch when no one's home all day and now there's someone on the couch all the time and they're bouncing around and they're trying to handle me or everyone wants to cuddle. I mean, I think very sadly there was a lot of some underlying issues as well. You know, like a lot yeah. of people were yeah. at home and there's a lot more stress and people just didn't have their outlets for, uh, you know, blowing off steam. 
you know, I think that's where we haven't been entirely successful um, as well. In we've always tried to spread the message that the dog bite will happen in the home. The most common dog bite of all is when a family member reaches for the dog's collar. And, and, and also people's preconceptions about training. They think training is complicated. You have to be totally consistent. It takes a long time. A lot of people think you need a trainer to train your dog. And at the beginning of the pandemic, I thought we were really quick on the ball and we put out about um, four different um, videos on training in the pandemic and how easy it was, easy and effective. And then we did nothing for it. We just weathered it ourselves, you know. And people don't realize how easy it is when you use the right method. And that um, I think we took the foot off the pedal there because we remember in those videos, we said, otherwise, we're going to produce a lot of dogs who are totally over dependent on people. They will be very aggressive to household members. Um, because I know what it's like if it, when you're razzled and what have you, and, and you've got a kid or a couple of kids at home and a puppy. We can't now separate the puppy from the kids. Well, that is a disaster that's getting worse and worse every day because it's self-reinforcing. Mm -hmm. The more active the puppy gets, the more active the kid gets. And I think that's what we still have to get owners to realize is that when you do it right, training is pretty quick and easy and highly effective. And the right way to do it is off leash, well, in the home. And I think a lot of people missed out on that. So now when these dogs actually hit the streets, I mean, it, it's gonna be mayhem. <laughs> mayhem. Yeah. I mean, I think you're- uh, I think, go ahead. After you, Kelly. Uh, I think part of that, you know, with, you know, as you said, you couldn't separate the kids and the dogs. Um, I think that did, did cause some problems, but what I saw a ton of um, questions about was really the fact that the puppies, it, it sounded like with younger dogs, which, you know, if you got a new dog, whether it was a puppy or a dog from, you know, from a breeder or a dog from a shelter, they're usually under a year old when you get them or about a year old and they weren't getting enough downtime. They weren't getting enough alone time. You know, usually when everyone's busy, the puppy is sleeping or taking, you know, put in a pen or given a chew project. And with everybody home, I think they thought that, oh, you know, the puppy can just be out with us all the time. And I think they had a lot of overtired, exhausted, frustrated dogs in, in the household, you know, and with no breaks from the kids, as you said, Ian, you know, or from people, you know, dogs need their downtime. And when they did get, little bits of downtime, people are so relieved that it stops. They then totally ignore the puppy. So the downtime, the quiet, the calm, just doesn't get reinforced. And so now as the dog changes from puppy to adolescent, they can keep going all day long before they crash, you know? And it, it, just having the dog out of control there must have been, you know, frazzling for people. Yeah, and, and, for everybody, and yeah. You know, it's when I, I think, you know, we have all of this information, all of these solutions, but people are unaware of it. It's the preconceptions that training is time consuming, training is difficult, you need a trainer. And so they didn't do it. 
And if we use some of the, you know, that basic technique, like the, the new course that we're working on now, the simplest of all techniques, random hand feeding. It changes your dog behavior in minutes. If you stop, you know, if they got one piece of advice, don't feed from a bowl, no other instructions, hand feed your dog bits of kibble whenever you like. They would have totally different dogs now, dogs with more attention, dogs which are closer proximity, dogs which are minding more, dogs which are calmer and quieter. If we just said one, one piece of advice, dog training is easy if you don't feed them from a bowl and waste all these valuable lures and rewards that, you know, we have a list of what is it, 101 different things to use food to improve your dog's behavior and your dog's life and your life. And I think that's, we, you know, it's, it's always been the same story, I think, with our, apart from Sirius, which is so well known now in the Bay Area, everyone knows, go to Sirius puppy classes. I mean, it, it's almost a knee-jerk reaction. In the rest of the country, it's, I've got to go to puppy class. But they don't know the stuff that we present, say, in puppy kindergarten, or is in the books before you get your puppy, after you get your puppy, even though they've been available for free for what, 15 years now? Um, and, and that's where I think it's where we have somehow failed to let people know that easy solutions are there, just for goodness sake, read them. And not only is it easy, it, it's fun. Well, I think what's exciting about where we are at now is I think the next phase is where we're gonna try and show people how easy these things are. You know, like I think we're, we're in an era right now where people, they want video. They wanna see it demonstrated. And you know, if you're, if you're trying to spread Absolutely. a message via a ebook, Absolutely. there's a lot of people you're not gonna reach. And so, you know, so Ian yep. and I right now are working on a course about laser focused on the quick, the easy solutions that anyone can do at home. And effective, yeah. Right. Which which includes, right, hand feeding. Couldn't be simpler, you know, and teaching your dog to enjoy downtime in a crate and simple basic obedience. And then Kelly is working on a course about teaching dogs to settle and do nothing. You know, speaking to this issue that we're talking about, we're like during the pandemic, puppies were, people were home all the time with their puppies or dogs. And people didn't realize that a huge part of dog training is teaching your dog to just chill out some of the time as it is with parents. Just be. You don't want to be actively <laughs> engaging them all the time. You need a break. They need a break. And you've got to teach them how to take that break. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. You don't want dogs to think that every time you interact with them, it's, it's wild times. You know, you want them, you want, you want your dogs to know that like, again, there's a daily flow, there's an ebb and flow in life. You know, I think a lot of people, get their dog out and think as soon as the dog is out we have to tire him out you know and that just yeah. becomes yeah, um, training the dog know, so it'll take longer to tire out the next time. to activate yeah it's a condition and to training. activate every time you interact with them yeah Turn them into an ultra yeah. marathon so, you have to balance that with some chill time so that's what we're we're going to focus on that a little bit in the near future too yeah i do think that this is our time to do what we want because if we think that training by its very definition is about behavior change, quick behavior change. And because people's attention spans are getting shorter and shorter for how long a YouTube video they'll watch and then changing to TikTok, you know, 
that that's where now these techniques are going to become very popular because like when you're working with a dog and you're just giving the feedback, you can see the dog change before your very eyes. And that's what people want to see a dog being worked and you can see the change there rather than a trainer saying, well, you know, we're going to have 20 criteria to get there as we shape the behavior and we'll be doing this for several weeks. No, they want to see it now. They want to see crazy dog now sitting and calm almost as quickly as that, but certainly within seconds, not minutes. And so, yeah, I'm very excited now about what we're doing. And that could get, I think, the word out more. Because, I mean, you know, you guys are fresh to this. You've only been doing it for a few decades, Kelly. I've been doing it my whole life. And, and what really gives me angst is we haven't got it out there yet. You know, there were times when it was spreading rapidly, like when we started Sirius, the word spread like wildfire. You know, when starting the Association of Professional Dog Trainers, then the word spread throughout trainers, but it seems now that we've come to a plateau. But I think the fact with the combination that designing training methods that show instant behavior change and that hand in hand with the fact that people want to see something that's quick. Um, I think the time is now where okay. you know, we can change I, things. I think we, um, we should probably wrap it up, but maybe as a, a very brief parting thing, I'd be curious if each of you wanted to recommend just what is one exercise that people could be doing, you know, at home with their dogs very easily that you think would be really valuable that maybe people aren't, you know, aren't thinking about Oh, I would definitely in, in relation to the pen to get the pandemic or just yeah I mean like if if you are at home with your puppy right now you know like I guess in theory were, were we talking about puppy training for this one or are we just talking about dogs it's puppies I, and dogs yeah I mean it's largely the socialization just pandemic dogs so you know you're you're still stuck at home is the assumption okay um I don't know one one exercise Mm -hmm. Well, I would go for two. One is go for it. crates and Kongs. Why? Because people and dogs need their dog to enjoy long, quiet, calm moments on its own, which will be next week's topic. And that's the relief when you say, I get, I've got one dog here at the moment, I'm on my own. And um, this morning I got up slowly, I gave him his breakfast, you know what I'm like in the morning. And then I was about to come out here to work on text for the video we're doing, Jamie. So I, I gave him a Kong. And as soon as I went into the room to get the Kong, he's following me, he's looking at the fridge, saying, open the door, he's sitting of his own accord. He follows me into the next room, the closest heel I've seen him do with no training whatsoever. He sits and I say, oh, <laughs> I give him the Kong he turns and sprints in a gallop like a gazelle running from an African wild dog into an open crate, lies down to chew it. He was so eager to get in his crate that he laid down. I didn't even shut the door. And that's where he was for one hour. That's how yeah. we'd, give you, we'd give you your monthly cigar. Yeah, he can get out of the crate, the crate that's <laughs> open, the door of the training room's open into where I am. 
He just stayed in there. So that would be exercise one. It's okay, before you do two, before you do two, you did one. I think Kelly should have an opportunity to do one before okay. you hog all the good ones. So she doesn't choose mine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Um, I, I'm going to, I would say right now, the best thing they, most people can do with their, their dogs or puppies that they got during the pandemic or even dogs that they've had pre-pandemic that maybe have had less time out and about in the world would be to get them out and about the world just in little bursts, 10, 15 minutes here and there, maybe once or twice a day and park yourself somewhere, sit and watch the world go by and engage with your dog in a new environment at least once a day for only about 10 to 15 minutes. And by engage, I mean hand feed, I mean play, I mean sit and rub their bellies and let them watch the world go by in all different sorts of places while they're hanging out with you and getting reinforcement and connecting with you and you know, learning to connect with you while they're watching the world go by. That would be my advice. That seems pretty good. Do you, do you still want to add your second one, Dad, or should we leave it there? Absolutely. Of course okay. I want to write it. Don't be silly, but first I'd like to comment on what Kelly said. I think it's the most important point. I think the most important aspect of a dog walk is not the walking part of it. You know, don't, don't think for one moment you're going to exercise your dog to the point of tiring him. It's just a start. You're just training him. It's the sitting down in one place. And why? Because now the environment is relatively stable apart from the things which are moving. People walking by, dog coming past, so you can focus on them to give your dog the appropriate classical conditioning feedback. If you're walking, you cannot effectively classically condition. It's just crazy. And you're teaching your dog to pull on leash. But my second exercise instead is kind of similar to this. It would be sit down and just watch your dog. In your hand, you have a list of all the things that you like that your dog does. A list of the top 10 desirable behaviors. Watch your dog. And every time your dog does something that you like, and that could be not doing anything you don't like. Because when I explain Give us, this- Give us some examples from the top of your list. Well, like sitting, lying down, looking at you, approaching you, staying close, stopping barking, not barking, stopping bouncing, not bouncing, you know. And when I say that to people, you mean, I'm going to reward him for not barking and he's not doing anything. I say precisely, you know, that this would, number one, change the dog's behavior very quickly that the desirable behaviors would all increase in frequency, but also it would get you to view your dog's behavior representatively and rather than having to come to us and say, all oh, he does, he misbehaves all the time. I mean, that is rubbish. Even the baddest dog on planet bad on a bad day is good 95% of the time. And when you focus on that and reward the dog for that <laughs> rather than letting it go unnoticed, you're gonna have a different dog. All right. I like it. Well, I think that's it for today's iWoofs. But uh, thank you, everyone, for watching, yeah. listening, whatever Good you might be back. Like. Good to be back. Good to be back. All right. Until next time. Bye, everyone. See you, Jamie. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to Season 7, Episode 2 of iWoofs. If you'd like to learn more about dog behavior and training, make sure to check out DunbarAcademy.com. And as always, thanks for listening.